You're welcome to Thrive. This is our midweek service, and um, we are in our fight series, part 32. Wow, God has really been faithful. Um, on Sunday, we learned about building a people of power, part two, and it was, um, you know, it was such an outstanding message and. A lot really stood out in the message, building a people of power. And these days, um, you can't say you're a Christian and you're walking without power. So it was just a timely message. And um, I know we were all blessed. I was blessed. And there were a couple of things that stood out for me, which I'm going to be talking about. Um, what came to my mind, first of all, when, when I heard the topic, building a people of power, um, building, building, that means it's a, a present continuous. It didn't say built or um, has built, it's building, building a people of power. That means it's a continuous process that God is at work in our lives every day. He's building us up. So that means whatever challenge we have at this present time, we are ready to face that challenge. The challenge we are going to have in future, God is going to prepare us for that future. So God is at work even in our lives. And also another thing that stood out for me was that, you know, when you talk of building something, before you build something, there's already a plan. So God has our lives all planned out for us. You know, he has it all planned out. So there's nothing that happens by chance. There's nothing that happens by mistake. His purpose and his will for our life has already been laid out. He has good and perfect plans for each and every one of us. Praise God. And each of our lives is a masterpiece is a masterpiece and there's no replica there's no there's nobody that can be like you there's nobody that has that same path that god has created for you so you have been built up for his glory you have been built up for his grace and his name will be glorified in your life in jesus name amen so yes many other things stood out for me i also um thought about um Building a people of power. That means um, relating it to our fight series as um, soldiers of Christ, we cannot be powerless. We have to be powerful. So the soldier of Christ has to be a powerful Christian, has to be a powerful child of God. And because um, God is building us, Every when when you see when you see an army, you see power, you see strength. So God is not building weaklings, he's building powerful people, he's building, you know, strengthened people, encouraged people, you know, 
because if if an army is full of weak people you have a weak army you have a defeated army you have an army that will surely lose to the enemy so god is building us making us powerful soldiers of christ making us powerful christians so that we engage and enter into victory we are fighting from the point of victory we are fighting to excel and to 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 stand out for him in everything that we do so he's building a powerful force he's building a powerful army he's building a powerful people of god and that is what he has planned out for each and every one of us so like what pastor Nuzo was saying it doesn't matter what you think about yourself if if a lion thinks that he's a chicken it, it doesn't mean he's a chicken. He's just thinking he's a chicken. But the destiny of God for his life is that he's a lion, you know. So he just has to connect to that, you know, destiny that God has planned for him. You know, sometimes the enemy deceives us to think about ourselves less than who God has made us to be, you know. So your thoughts is just a deception. Who you are, you are a regenerated man or woman in Christ. You have the spirit of God. You have the spirit of life in you that causes you to be filled with power and to excel. So, you know, that's, you know, stood out for me that the enemy plays tricks on us to make us forget our identity, who we are and what we are in Christ, you know, and comes up with so many, so many reasons why we should forget, you know, uh, a lot of things were really coming to my mind that I could be in different situations and you can just forget that, look, oh, you are powerful. You're filled with the life of Christ. You have, you've got this situation, you know. You, 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 you can just lose track about that and now, you know, fall into the trap of the enemy. But that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, I listed out some things here. Um, I'll read Ephesians, Ephesians um, 1, 17 to 23. I'll read that out. Then I'll now just talk about some keys of a, a, powerful, um, a, a powerful Christian, a powerful soldier, what is expected of, of, of him or her. Ephesians one seventeen to twenty three. It was one of the scriptures that we read. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in the world but also in that which is to come and had put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that 
feel it all in all. Praise God. So now I just listed out qualities of a, a powerful, a powerful Christian, a powerful soldier of Christ. One, he is full of the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. He's not walking just, you know, empty. The spirit of wisdom is at work in him. That is what a powerful Christian, you know, the qualities of a powerful soldier of Christ should be. He has the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. Secondly, he walks by revelation. He does not just walk by his sight. He does not just walk by what he hears or what he sees. He walks by the revelation of the Spirit of God, not just head knowledge. Three, he exercises spiritual authority. And that spiritual authority is, um, like we learned, is the resurrection power. It's, it's not just, you know, in words. There's, it's, I mean, it's life, it's spirit. He exercises spiritual authority. He does not just sit down and look at things. He calls forth that power that raised up Jesus from the dead into situations. And that is what we should do as powerful soldiers of Christ. He is anointed because he lives in obedience to God. So, I mean, somebody say, ah, shouldn't it just be the pastor that should be anointed? Every believer is a soldier of Christ, and you are expected to be anointed. And this anointing comes by walking in obedience with God's word. That is how you walk in the anointing of God, by living and walking in obedience of God's word. Praise God. So, um, number five, I said here, he knows the power in the name of Jesus. It's not just knowing the power in the name of Jesus, but he uses the name of Jesus. He calls on the name of Jesus. You know, I mean, while I was preparing this, you know, I had to stop and start praying, you know, and confronting some issues that I had just left aside. Because sometimes we forget the power in the name of Jesus. You know, at the name of Jesus, every knee bows. Every tongue confesses that situation that we are enjoying the pity party in. We just need to stand up, you know, and proclaim the name of Jesus and speak the name of Jesus over that situation and things will turn around in Jesus' name. So that was what I did. I said, I cannot just be here writing notes. Let me stand up and now pray concerning that thing that I have just left aside and wallowing in a pity party. As soldiers, we don't have that luxury to be in a pity party. We have the name of Jesus. We are powerful. We have the Spirit of God. We have to stand up. We know the name of Jesus, and we use the name. A lot of people just know the name, but they don't use the name. They've kept it in the cupboard somewhere, and they don't use the name. We know the name of Jesus, and we use the name of Jesus as powerful Christians and soldiers of Christ. Praise God. Number six, he knows how to speak the word of God to every situation in his life. He knows how to speak the word of God to every situation in his life. You know, it's not just knowing the word of God for a memory verse. And when you are faced with um, challenges, you don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. As a, 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 a powerful Christian, a powerful soldier of Christ, 
which we all are, we should know how to speak. And um, 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 the preacher on Sunday emphasized about speaking, speaking the word of God into every situation. You know, sometimes we have isolated some situations and we say, this one, now so it be, now so it go be. There's nothing like that. We have not exercised our authority to speak into that situation for it to turn around. Number seven says he wages war like Jesus. Yes, um, Stonuzo mentioned this, using integrity and the word of God as the spirit, word of God as Word of God, which is the sword of the spirit as his weapons. Now, integrity. Integrity is a weapon. The sword of the spirit is a weapon. What is our level of integrity? Integrity is integrity. Yes is yes. No is no. How are we living our lives as Christians and children of God? Do we have integrity? Can somebody, you know, see you and, and they say, ah, oh, I know that person. She's a person of integrity. He's a man of integrity. These are the things as a child of God and a powerful soldier of Christ that you use as your weapons. You are not carrying um, any physical machine gun. These are the weapons. Integrity, the sword of the spirit, like we learned on Sunday, is in your mouth. It's a double-edged sword. And that is what gives you victory as a child of God. Praise God. Then, um, number eight, I said here, he rules by decrees that establish God's purpose on earth. Yes, we, we learned about that. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You know, um, God has, has shown us mercy and brought us even into his realm where we can decree. We can decree a thing and it comes to pass, you know. So he has bestowed upon us that, you know, that grace, that power, that anointing, where we have been, what we have understood from where I've been coming from, there are a lot of things that have to be in place before you can decree anything. You cannot be coming out from some strange um, hole, some strange um, club, some strange deal that, you know, that does not give God glory and you now want to decree. Something else might fall on top of you if you're not in right standing with God. So you have to be in right standing with God to be able to decree things and watch them come to pass. Number nine, I said he exercises spiritual authority by speaking to bring down God's purposes on earth. Speaking to bring down God's purposes on earth. God has, you know, great plans and, you know, awesome things that he wants us to do and we are waiting for him to do. He wants us to enter into places and change situations. We want him to go there. He wants us to go there and speak because he has given us the authority. You know, as a, a, a soldier of Christ, you have to exercise your spiritual authority. You have to speak over the situation. You have to speak over that, you know, child of yours, over, over, over your, you know, whatever it is, your job, whatever the challenge may be, if it's a health situation, you have to speak over it, you know. And when you speak over that situation, you will see God. You will see God come through for you. But first of all, you have to speak. Then now for you to speak, your mouth has to be sanctified. We learned that too on Sunday, you know. 
um, Ephesians 4, 29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So that one is clear enough. You, you, um, I mean, sweet and bitter water cannot come out of the same stream. So you cannot be cursing and now um, blessing on the other side of your mouth. Your mouth has to be sanctified. Everything you say, say the Bible says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Everything you say has to be sanctified. You have to be a minister of grace. Your hearers should hear you and they should receive grace. They should receive, you know, the, the, the peace of God. They should receive the joy of God. They should, you should bring joy even by the way you speak, the things you speak into people's lives. Praise God. Um, okay, so I'll round up with um, this. Um, I read... Numbers 20, um, 1 to 12. This was talking about um, Moses, you know. We all know about Moses. Moses walked with God and all that and all that, you know. But there was a situation in Romans 20. I will try and see if I can just rush through some, some verses there. Romans 20 from verse 1, it says... Um, then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin in the first month, and the people abode in Abod Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. Say, and there was no water for the congregation, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, and the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before? the Lord and why have ye brought us up in the congregation of the Lord into the wilderness that we and our cattle should die well I'll just try and summarize this you know the children of Israel they were complaining they were complaining Moses just lost his sister so he was not even in the best frame of mind you know and in all of that he went and he sought the face of the Lord and the Lord told him what to do you know but he he was upset he was you know distracted he was you know he just forgot himself and missed the mark you know sometimes we as children of god soldiers of christ you know we are encumbered with so many challenges so many things that can bring confusion into our lives that even when god has given us a word we now add our own and creates what he did not ask us to do. And, you know, do you know that God still caused the water to come out of the rock? That impossible situation, he still made a way, but because of the consecration that Moses had with him, God told him, say, see, oh, this was what I told you, but this was what you did because of your anger and you, you, you just left the path, you lost track. I'm not going to, you're not going to enter the promised land. You know, that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. God will help us that even in the midst of challenges, I mean, these times, are, we have not experienced these times before, you know. But the voice of God still came to him even in the midst of all the confusion. The voice of God will come to you. The voice of God will come to each and every one of us. And he will give us instruction and he will give us direction. And we will follow and we will not fall into error. 
We will hear his voice. We will do exactly what he wants us to do. We will enter into our promised land. That rock is going to bring out water for us. And our lives will be full of testimony and gladness to the glory of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Praise God. So I would like to bring in our panelists. Um, I have with me here um, Mr. Greatness Jubilee. You're welcome. And Joy Ejiaya. Good evening. Good evening. Hello, Joy. Hope you can hear us. You may need to unmute. We can't hear you. Okay, so um, greatness. Um, so what are your thoughts on what we learned on Sunday? I've shared mine, so it's your turn to share. So okay. Um, thank you. Um, what stood out for me was, you also mentioned it, but what stood out for me was um, the spoken word aspect. And okay. um, it's really, really profound, the power of the tongue. It's really, really strong. The, um, Jesus, yeah, Pastor um, Kidney okay, on Sunday mentioned about um, the fig tree. Jesus was passing and he was hungry, and the fruits, the tree didn't have any fruits. And he yes. now said, Cost the tree, cost the tree. And the next time he passed it, there was no, the, the tree was dead. So we need to understand how powerful the tongue is. It's it is really really powerful, and sometimes we say corrupt things, we insult people, we say nasty things with our tongue, and it's really really sad. So we need to be careful. We are believers. We um, need to know. We need to watch what we say. We need to watch what we say. And you also mentioned the um, sword, um, the sword. Yeah. The sword of the spirits. It is. It is a. It is a. It's a weapon. It has two sharp edges, and it is in our mouth. So, once we say something, it can either harm or it can either build. So we need to be careful what we say. Praise Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. So, Auntie Joy. Okay. Good evening, ma'am. Good evening. All right. Um. A lost to that for me for Sunday message, it lost to doubt. But I pointed out some things of which I'll just say a few. Okay. All right. Um, Dr. Kionuzo made mention and said, the knowledge of God's power is your revelation and not head knowledge. Mm. That's when God, when God, God decides to show you what he wants you to know. For the fact that you know a thing is not by your head, it is a revelation. That really hits me hard. So maybe if I feel that I have a strategy to deal, uh, deal in a business, I feel maybe it is because I studied. No, God really wants me to know it. If God does not want me to know about it, to know about some certain things, I will not know it. True. So for the fact that we are opportunity to know some things, we should just take it a privilege that God has really revealed these things to us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Another thing is, um, like um, Pastor Nina said and Greta said, he said, because we speak with our mouth, we must sanctify our mouths. Watch what we say at all times. 
amount is used to make decrees, decrees that heaven establish. So we watch what we say with our mouths. Sometimes we just come out and say whatever we want to say because we feel we are jagabans or we feel we are, we are this, we are that. Sometimes there's, like I use my kids as example. Sometimes they'll tell me, mommy, you said, but there's this word. Sometimes if I get angry, I use it at home and they say, mom, you said our mouth is for this. And you are saying, so when this message uh, came first, and I, it reminded me, and it, it was just like, see, your kids will remind you this. So our mouth is used to make decrees. There, there is power in the spoken words. So we watch what we say. We, we, we should watch how we use our mouth because it is used to bless and not to curse. Whatever we say, there are forces that capture it. So always decree things that you know when it is established it will be to your own favor and everyone around you will be favored praise god Hallelujah. there is so much in the mouth of it there is so much power in the mouth of a believer there is so much power in the mouth of a believer some people will say hey i don't die you you can imagine why would you say that kind of a word as a believer it's true that you should have some uh People you confide in and say, okay, this is it. But in as much as that, you can't say, you say, I shall not die, but live to declare the goodness of the Lord. Praise God. So we should just watch our mouth because our mouth, what should come out of our mouth should always be filled with sanctification and not curse. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. The mouth is so, so, so important. I think, you know, sometimes we forget, you know, and we just get carried away by the moment and is after we have spoken that we now want to retract, you know. So, uh, you know, like what um, pastor has told me before, you know, that when you are, you know, when you're under pressure, you know, don't take decisions, don't say things that you will eventually regret. Regret. You know, so we have to learn to, you know, the Bible says we have the spirit of, you know, self-control. We have to apply it all round. We have to be controlled. We have to be controlled. Some people just speak because they say, this is how I feel. I have to say what is on my mind. I have to say, you don't have to say everything that is on your mind because once you have said it, you know, it's like <clears throat> when you break an egg, you can't gather it back into the shell. It's gone. It has gone out there, you know. So I always think about that, that my words are like eggs. Once they drop, there's nothing I can do about it. I can say, sorry, oh, sorry, but the words have gone out. So yeah. we can save ourselves, you know, knowing that even the words we are speaking, they are spirit, they are life, you know. So let's declare life and not death in our speech. All right, greatness, do you have more? more yeah, okay. Co concerning this um, cause of a thing, um, this is Nigeria and a lot of things are happening that we don't know. So you are passing by somebody and you didn't greet him the way he thinks you would, you should greet him. Then he now carries your name. 
or your face to 12 o'clock or something in the night to go and do this stuff. So within, it's Proverbs 26 verse 2 says, a cost that is costless shall not stand. Yeah. We didn't do anything to warrant this, this whatever he's doing. So whatever he does is going back to him. Because yes. we are under the shadow, we are under the shadow, um, we are under the wings of the Lord. So nothing, nothing. And growing up, my um, my dad used to, um, we used to pray one scripture, um, Isaiah 7, verse 7b, it shall not stand, neither shall it prosper. So anything that they say, it shall not come to pass in your life because you didn't do anything to warrant this. This cause that they have said unto your name, you didn't do anything to warrant it. You just greeted him, but not the way he liked. So we need to reassure ourselves that whatever cause that has been said unto us, that we didn't do anything to warrant, it shall not stand, and that shall be prosper. Praise the Lord. To go back to the sender. To go back to the sender. Remember the story about um, a man um, that sent a curse that it will land on him in five years, mm-hmm. and God sent that arrow back to his, to his child. His own child, because there was, I mean, the cost was costless. There was nowhere for that cost to land, but to land back on his child. So we are covered and we are kept by the power of God. Mm-hmm. Auntie Joy. Man. <laughs> okay. Another thing that's still that for me still is. When you decree, make sure it's in accordance hmm. to the will of God. Right. That really stood out again. Because some people will just make a decree, just like Grace say, if you every costless cause will not stand. There's something Papi said something some time ago that um you are not ready to live until you are ready to die. So every costless cause will not stand. Just if when you are making a decree, ask yourself this decree that we are making is in accordance to the will of God. Don't just come out and make a decree. I decree you will not go out and come back. Some people okay. do it. Is that the will of God for that person? Somebody must have offended you. Yes, just like Pastor Nia said, we say something at times, and when we want to retrieve it back, the word has gone out. Yes, it's like if you have an injury, the pain might go away, but that scar will still be there. So when you decree a thing, make sure it's in accordance to the uh, will of God. Father, is it your will for this to be done? Therefore, I decree it. If God is saying no and you are saying yes, it's like you are contradicting the will of God. Praise God. So that is another thing. We have to seek the mind of Christ to know his will for us so that we decree that will into our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. Very, very, very important. Seeking God's face to know the will of God. Um, The word of God, you know, carries the heart of God. So anything that, you know, you say that, oh, this is the will of God and it's contrary to what God is saying in his word can never be the will of God, can never be the will of God. So the will of God is in accordance with his word. Praise God. Mm-hmm. So bring that you, have, you still have more contributions. Questions. Um, 
I have some questions. <laughs> okay, oh. um, the first one was, um, Pastor Okem News said on Sunday that um, uh, when John sent some of his disciples to um, meet Jesus, just to, um, wanted basically wanted Jesus to come and save him. My question is, why didn't Jesus actually, because he has already started doing miracles. He was already um, healing the sick, and um, why didn't Jesus save? Why didn't the um, prison doors open? Why, or was why? that? Or was it that it was John's time? Was it that it was his time? He has done what he was sent to do, so it was basically his time to die. You know, this question that you asked now, I also asked myself. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was asking myself, I said, somebody is going to ask this question. <laughs> mm, I said that we're also going to ask Papi. But I'll, yeah. I'll, still, you know, I'll still, you know, say the things that came to my heart when I was thinking about the question. You know, like we, in our, in our last series, we, we learned something about this. You know, it was time for Jesus Jesus' time had come. Jesus' era had come, you know. So um, the era of John was over, you know, yeah. and it's time for Jesus. So there couldn't be two people doing the work at, you know, at par. But however, I was just thinking, I said, I, I'm, I'm sure John in prison there will be wondering, said, this is my cousin. After I've baptized you and after I've, you know, done everything, you know, being your forerunner for this way. Can't you come and save me? You know, well, maybe when we get to heaven, we might know all the answers. <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, every, every, everybody has um, their path cut out for them, their destiny cut out for them, and their assignments cut out for them, you know. So John had his assignment. It's just that God reserves how you're going to leave the world. He, yeah. he may reveal to some people. He may, he may not reveal to everybody, you know. So I'm just thinking that it's possible that with everything that God revealed to John, not revealed to everybody, you know. So I'm just thinking it's possible that with everything that God revealed to John, not revealed to everybody. Can you hear me, sir? Yes, I can. Good. Okay. Everybody. Good evening, sir. So I was asking a difficult question when you came in. Oh, okay. I was yes. still on my way then. <laughs> so uh, um, we're talking about John. You know, greatness was asking that why didn't Jesus come, you know, and um, speak to the prison gates to be lifted up and, you know, so he can be free. And I told him that I also asked myself that question. And I. You know, and uh, let the John the Baptist come out and be free and all that. So what I, I was trying to, um, you know, trying to answer it, like the answer I gave to myself when I was asking the question was that, you know, um, his assignment was done, you know, and um, Jesus' time had come. So, and um, 
I don't know why he had to die the way he did. God has the answers to those questions. People, everybody is going to die somehow, you know. So maybe that was the path that was set out for him. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I think I think I think you answered properly. I mean, um, so just to continue from from where you stopped, in addition to what you've said, um, obviously, um, John's time was was over, you know, and we as we, we think in a very linear way as human beings, and that is that's one of our biggest challenges. Now, as much as it's a challenge to us, God doesn't seem to even bother about it. You know, God is not concerned. <laughs> doesn't appear to be concerned about it. So, the things we are used to deliverance coming in a certain way. And if deliverance doesn't come that way, we think either we are failed or God has not been faithful. You know, but if we are just short-sighted many times, because if we look at history and look at the world, there are too many examples to show us that God delivers how he sees fit. Yeah. God does not... So many think, okay, take John the Baptist. John the Baptist was beheaded. So many of us that oh that was a failure. John the Baptist failed. His God did not come through for him. But heaven is saluting John the Baptist, you know, and saying the greatest before Christ. Look at Stephen. Stephen in the New Testament church. Stephen was told to death. He was told to death. And the heavens open. But the heaven did not open to deliver Stephen the way we see deliverance. The heaven opened to deliver Stephen the way he sees deliverance. And that is like A level stuff. A level stuff. So, if you look at Jesus' life, Jesus died a shameful death on the cross, Abba. Does Jesus not deserve <laughs> a, a better treatment? Yeah. But, but guess what? Guess what? In the things that appear to be lack of deliverance, in them is actually deliverance. Take um, John the Baptist, for instance. His death gone out that violently Paved the way for Jesus. Take Stephen, for instance. Stephen and the blood of all the other martyrs paved the way for the church. Paved the way for a soul of Tarsus. Paved the way for so many things we see today. Take Jesus himself. His death on the cross of Calvary paved the way for our salvation. So, so what am I saying? There are things that will happen in our lives that after we have prayed, prayed all the fire prayers, after we have prayed all the deliverance prayers, after we have prayed all the thunder strike from heaven prayers, they will still happen. And God will still be God. Yeah. Greatness. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and, and God will still be God. And guess what? God will still be glorified. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and I guess that's the lesson. Because, okay, like Pastor Lena was saying, John could be saying, but Jesus, you are my cousin now. I, I mean, we've come back a long way. I mean, I even baptized you. I, 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 I launched you into ministry, you know. And you have the power. You have the power to deliver me. And that's, that's another painful thing. When you know someone can help you, yeah. and you know that if he helps you, it's not going to affect him. And he still does not help you. And everyone that goes through it actually feels that way. There's nothing wrong in feeling that way. But you need, you need to step up and see the bigger picture. David felt that way. David felt God abandoned him. And he wrote about it a lot. In fact, Jesus echoed what David said in, in I think, Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So when we are in that ground, we will feel out because we are human. Jesus also felt God abandoned him in the flesh. But at the end of the day, resurrection is coming. Amen. Amen. Resurrection is coming, and, and that's that's Amen. that's the beauty of our faith, and that's the beauty of our lives. Um, so that's it. Um, greatness. Yes, and I think you know, um, like what you explained, we on this side, we see death as the end, yeah. you know. On the other side, it's another beginning. Yeah. Oh. Yes, it's another beginning. So it's another realm, it's another level. That's, you know, that we cannot understand until we get there. So I think when we see it that way, we know that there's victory, victory on all sides, victory on all sides. The devil cannot win. He's a condemned loser. Basically. Oh, so do we I'm have any... Joy? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I have a question. Though it's a funny one, but at least it got me thinking. So I would like Papi to throw more light on it. Like when he said, um, it is only what the Lord commands that will be done. We know it's only the will of God that will be done, and it's what his command that will be done. Okay, my question now is. What do you say about the things that men command and it happens? Tamila. Papi. <laughs> Welcome to the Okay, so you, you need to realize that God has also given man some level of authority. And that's the truth. Joy, you can command to be that you are going to eat a goosey and pan a jam in your hands. And it will come to pass. <laughs> and it will come to pass. You, know, you can command today that everyone in your house, all of them, they are going to eat fried rice as dinner. And it will happen. 
And and the husband will not even be able to do anything about it. That's how powerful you are. <laughs> so there are levels of authority that God definitely has given us. And a lot of men misuse it. A lot of people misuse it, but nonetheless we have it. And that explains what you have just said, which is men command things and they happen because they are levels of authority. However, what Dr. Lisa was saying is that ultimately and predominantly as a child of God, number one, you want to be aligned with God. You want to be aligned with those mirror. Jesus was saying, as my father, as I see my father do, that I do. You want to be aligned with what you see God do. God does, absolutely. However, if you want to operate outside of that, of course, you need to check, I mean, that, that's not the heart of a Christian. So primarily, that foundation should be there. Now, are there people outside of God that are saying things that it happens? Of course, yes, because they are levels of authority. Are there Christians, even in God, that are saying things outside of God's will that it happens? Of course. What if it's God's will for you to eat a Dikai call tonight? And you insist on eating Pavelia? You know it's a Pavelia. You eat it now. So, <laughs> so there are certain things that God will not bother with. Yet, the crux of that teaching is we should seek God's will and establish his will. That's the crux of that teaching. And when it gets to a certain level, anyway, you can't just decree things. If it's not God, it will happen. So the people that decree things that happen, it's because God allows it. Because all power belongs to God. Pastor Nina, do you want to add to that? Well, I think, I think you've answered it well. <laughs> answered it well. Okay. <laughs> so, um, greatness, do you have anything more to ask? It looks like you have plenty of questions. Yes, I have one more question. Well, it's... <laughs> Okay, uh, in school, when you're among friends, you tend to, we tend to greet each other in a certain kind of way. When you see your friend, he comes to you and you say, fool, hafa, or um, idiot, how you day, all those kind of greetings. So what is your, what's, because basically it's happening, it's going on, you see your friend and you say, idiot, hafa, or fool, how you day, or any bastard, hafa. Hey. So what's, what is what are your thoughts about that? Uh, because you said um, the tongue is um, can kill. Yeah. So basically, is it because now you didn't mean anything? You didn't mean it the wrong way. You are just playfully greeting your friend. I think is that <laughs> the right approach? Hmm. <sighs> I don't know. I I don't accept those kind of greetings. <laughs> I will just <laughs> tell you the name. Call me. So you call me that name, you know, playfully too. I will tell you, please don't call me fool, you know. So I mean, we, we, oh. we can't be those kind of words because we don't know how it's going to manifest in our lives. Mm. 
So if somebody calls you joy, peace. Somebody calls you favor. Favor how now? I say uh, highly favored here. You know, so we can actually change the narrative. You know, if you know that, I think those are the deceptions of the enemy when he makes us, you know, trivialize what we say with our mouths. You know, we he makes us forget that what we are saying has power. You know, you cannot be calling somebody a bastard. You cannot be calling somebody if cannot be calling somebody idiots and it's a game. I don't know how that game is going to go. You know, I mean, the, the, I, 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 I had an uncle that used to, that, is, he, is he an uncle or some, a, a friend of mine that used to call me Nini. And I found out that Nini means fool. I said, don't call me Nini. Sir, is, is it, don't call me Nini. Nini means fool. Sir, short. No, my name is Nina. It's short enough. Nina. Don't call me. So you have to, you know, you have to draw the line on some things in your life, even as much as you're joking, joke the right yeah. jokes, you know, mm. control the narrative. Uh, so, be, uh, uh, what about the name? So, uh, on the back of that, it's like she said, joke the right jokes. So, we, we've all done it, I mean, except, you, except you've never gone to school, you know, at least in the Southwest, you know, abusing each other is a way of life, you know, among boys, you know, that is how, that's how we know, you know, we used to, you know, I don't know, you know, in fact, you discover that, back then, I think it's even true now, People that are not Yoruba, for instance, when they are learning the language, the first thing they learn is the abuse. The first thing they learn Yoruba is the abuse. How to abuse somebody. And then you will not learn the greeting without that. <laughs> so, so, but like Pastorina said, how the words they speak over you consistently Sometimes not because the people speaking it are powerful, but because the way the mind is programmed, the mind is designed rather to be programmed. So if you are hearing something over and over and over again, the person is programmed to become that thing. Mm. So it's not so much as in that power of tongue over you. It's still the power of tongue because the tongue is coming into your subconscious. The world is coming into your subconscious. If it's found in your subconscious, you have the uphill task for the rest of your life. Imagine how beautiful your name is, greatness. Someone <laughs> is calling greatness. Great, great, you know, you are programmed for greatness. Somebody wants to sub it with, hey, how are you, fool? How are you? No, 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 no. That's not, it's not cool. It's not cool. You know, it's not cool. You know, just like joy. You know, she's always smiling. I, I, you know, she's always joyful in church. Because as I know, then somebody begins to say, ah, Maya. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, God forbid. No. Thinking is cool. You know? No, 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 no. In fact, what, growing up, I mean, they used to call me for no Scorpio. 
Scorpio. So my friends used to say Scorpio. You know, when I show up, you know, because I, I mean, in soccer, I used to sting, I used to cut out the coats. I mean, it's called girls. I, so it's, but when I got saved, and the guys that used to call me Scorpio, Scorpio, the child, I said, eh, this one will trample upon serpents and scorpions. And upon over all the power of the enemy. And that is, so I cannot do something that is beneath my feet. So, so, I mean, so they say, what do you want call you? I say, call me lion. So no whatever you want to say. <laughs> yeah. So that's how that goes. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Okay, so Joy, any more? Yes, yes, ma. Okay. Yes, ma. I have. Okay. Um, I just want to ask a question for Clara Picture. Um, like we said, God God's view is central in everything. There are some situations you pass through in life. How do you know the will of God for you in that situation? Say that again. God's will is what? It's central in everything. God's okay. will is central in everything. Okay. So, going through some challenges in life, how do you know the will of God for you in that situation? And how do you recognize if it is the will of God you go through that situation? Pastor want to answer, I think I should answer. <laughs> this guy. Okay. Um, I just know that, you know, um, like what we learned, that all things work together for good, you know, and the devil meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, you know. So the picture may not always be how you want it painted you know but it's god that has the brush he's the one that you know is the one that is taking the strokes and he's the one that is painting the picture and knowing that he's making a masterpiece out of you you know so you may not understand it you may not understand it completely but you have to trust god even through the process Trust God that he will see you through. And whatever it is you may be going through, it doesn't mean you should be sleeping. You will still be seeking God's face and God will be giving you instructions per time. Like we see um, Joseph at different levels of his life. He was at different stages. It did not stop him. It did not stop his fellowship with God. Even when he was in the pit, when he was sold as a, as a slave, you know, when he was in the prison, he did not stop his fellowship with God. You know, he might have said, but God, this was not what you told me. This was not how you showed me this vision. You just showed me that I was in the palace as a, you know, as a king. You did not tell me all this will happen. But he was with God through all the processes, every level of his life, you know. And those dark patches the light of God still shone on it by the time he got, you know, by the time he got to the palace. So you may not understand exactly what you're going to. You might, you might not even know that God is in it, but you have to trust God, that God is with you. God is in that fire. He's the, the, the fourth person in that fire with you. And he's surely going to give you victory. 
Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Lula. And just to add to it that look, all things work together for good for those that love God and are the call that coming to his purpose. All things, all means all. Many times, I kid you not, I go back and check. Do you really mean all? Are you sure I'm dead all? Even this one. <laughs> you know, but joy, relax. You do like this, do like this. Don't worry. Everything is going to work together for good. Everything. All. All means all. In fact, when the enemy thinks he has won, God is just smiling because he has a joker. <laughs> last card. He always has the last card. Well, the last card. Even when it is motivated, it motivates people around you. People do you hurt, they do you harm. People betray you. People do all sorts of things. They sell you to slavery like they did Joseph. You know, the lie upon you, like Potiphar's wife, that oh, he, he committed, I uh, slept with me, or tried to sleep with me. She had evidence, she had his garment, they sent him to prison, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. Joseph, Genesis 50, said, You intended it for evil. Mm. God made but it. God intended it for good. God yes. intended it for good. So it's all in the intentions of heaven to take you to where you want to be. Those brothers were not fit. They couldn't get Joseph to where God wanted Joseph to get to. Guess what? But Potiphar could. Potiphar could send him to the prison. The prison could get him to the palace. But his father's house could not get him to the palace. So God needed to get to out of his father's house. Sometimes it's not in a very pleasant situation. I mean, come on. It was sold. It was, it was disguised as dead. His, his garment was soaked in blood. As far as Israel was concerned, he has lost his son. It was in a palatable journey. But guess what? God still intended it for good. So, yeah. Just, <laughs> take a chill period. Everything is coming together. Everything is coming together for good. <laughs> yeah, maintaining the right attitude, you know. I could just, you know, imagine Joseph maintaining the right attitude. Yeah. His focus. Maintaining his, you know, consecration. His relationship with God. You know, sometimes we allow the things that are happening to us to take us out of the place where God is going to bless us. You know, so just stay in that place with God. God will take you through and give you an amazing testimony. Amen. Amen. Yes, we've had fun in the presence of God, learning Read some amazing things. Thank you, Papi, for all the answers to all our questions coming on time. To so, so, Mama, uh, Pastor Lina has, 
I was about to call you Mama, Mama Nina. You know, Mama Nina. I love the video. Okay, so um, I think Joy wants to say something. I also want to share a chat before we round up. Joy, did you want to say something? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Okay, go ahead. Okay, there is, I want to say something, then I want to ask one question, but it's not of this topic. It's a word Papi said some time ago, but I want to get a clarification on it. But let me just let me just chip in something from this. I wrote something down that um if Jesus don't do a thing like Jesus said he cannot do anything unless his father he sees oh. his father doing something. Oh. I've come over the time I've come to realize that if you want Jesus to really move in your situation and do something, there are some certain steps you need to take. Like, I, when uh, Great asked that question about John the Baptist, I remember Paul and Silas in the Bible when they were in prison. Oh. They praised God. Oh. The Bible says that the doors of the prison flung open. So if we find in ourselves in such situations, sometimes what I do is I praise. There was a word Papi used some time ago that he said, worship is an antidote to worry. Sometimes I get so much worried I don't want I don't know what to do. But immediately I enter into I'll do all kind of things, I'll start walking so that I'll forget it, but no. But once I start worshiping, I'll put on the true worshiper song. Once I start listening to it, I find out that it starts fading away. So sometimes if we find ourselves in such situation, we should we can just retire into our inner room, start praising God and start worshiping God and we'll see such Worries and problems fade away on its own. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. The question I want to ask Papi is Papi, you said some time ago um, that sin cannot take us to hell. So, sir, please, can you clarify? It has, I will wait once a time to meet you so I can ask you the question. It's not, it's not strong enough. Okay. Sir. It's not strong enough. If sin can't take us to hell, Wait, I'm coming. Yeah, finish. I mean, yeah, I'm sick of it. No, I'm done. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm done, sir. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, sir. If sin can't take us to hell, uh -huh. what can? Beautiful. Now, now that's a, that's a very good question. But you see, it will be the heart of a lot of us Christians, and why we miss it. Why are we so obsessed with what can take us to hell? When we already should be convinced with what has guaranteed our heaven. We should be more concerned about not only what can take us to heaven, about what is this thing that is guaranteeing my heaven. Okay, so let me explain. You're in a car, you're in a bus. You're in a car, you're going to VR. You are already in that car. Five block is on. You are on your way to BI. And so you need to be convinced by, I'm not going to get to BI. We are going to this nice restaurant. We are going to have, I'm going to meet with Jesus. I'm going to visit somewhere. We are waiting. What can take me out of this car? What can. <laughs> I, I, it, it should bother us if there's anything that can take us out. I'm not saying it shouldn't bother us. 
I'm just saying that it should not be our all-consuming passion. Our all-consuming passion is his love for us and the fact that we are on a journey with him to destination. Now, let me say this. Seeing canticles to hell is not a complete statement in itself. So it's not that you should quote that out of context. You shouldn't quote those kind of things out of context because that may suggest that I'm saying just continue to sin, you know, yeah. Yeah. and all that. That's not what I'm saying. Disobedience can take a Christian to hell. They can. And that is what sin is. Sin is disobedience, really. However, what we consider sin, I will say, can take it to hell is somebody stole money. Oh, or someone told a lie. Oh, or someone committed fornication. Oh, or somebody did this, or somebody did that. In that itself, it's not strong enough. No, it's not strong enough. However, anything that will make you disobey God, and you stand in that disobedience, we take you to hell. Mm. Now, let me let me let me let me let me give you um, an instance. Years ago, I mean decades ago, over two decades, definitely over two decades, someone came to me and said to me that he doesn't like evangelism. He doesn't like to, you know, back in the day, what we how we do evangelism is, you know, you know, you have to be on the streets, you have to, you know. And it's uncomfortable for a lot of people, depending on your temperament. You know, you know it's uncomfortable. You love Jesus, but you don't like being in people's faces like that. So this guy said to me that he doesn't like evangelism. I mean, he doesn't want to be doing this evangelism thing. That when we go to hell, you just want to find out that if he not do evangelism because he feels it's, it's, it's disobedience, I mean, the same is disobedience, let's assume it is. Now, you go to hell. I didn't have the answer, but from nowhere the answer came. It was like a word of wisdom. And the answer that came was that, look, not evangelism will not take you to hell, but anything that will make you disobey God and you stand in that place of disobedience, you have changed the course of your direction. You have changed the course of your direction. So even though you will make mistakes, even though you will fail, I pray you don't Jesus' name. Amen. Even though you are frail, you are human, life will happen. The things that happen to you does not define the destiny that God has for you. Mm. It doesn't. So, so someone lied. The person lying doesn't guarantee you go to hell <laughs> because there's a blood that is stronger than the lying that prevails and avails for that person. Remember, First John said, if we say we are not sin, we lie. And the truth is not in us. But when we confess our sins, it's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to what? Cleanse us from all righteousness. He yes. says, we are fellowship with the rights, with the Father of rights. Before you say that, 
if we say we have to so God is saying, when you come together, don't, don't say that, oh, we are, we are all saints. Yes, we are, but don't say we are all sinless because we are not. Because we are not. So, joy. Uh, it's not strong enough. <laughs> Do you understand? Yes, sir. It's not strong enough. So, so if a child of God makes, makes a mistake or just tough, then he realizes it comes to God. Like Dr. Moses said, even though you don't have a voice, don't try and do it. Like Pastor Nola also said, don't try and command things spiritually if you are coming from a, a shady place. But he said, if you listen well, if you realize you're in a shady place and you repent, Right there and then, your authority is restored. You don't need one week. You don't need even one hour. Right there and then, you can stand and you will, and every will back you up. And that's the difference between a sheep and a and a and a goat. A sheep can fall into mud, but you get rid of it. But the goat wins. Hmm. How that helps you? Thank you. Thank you, Daphne. Wow. Mm. So those days that they say that, oh, you just do the lie. You can use your salvation is a lie. Mm. Is a lie. There's nothing like that. There's <laughs> mm. nothing like that. However, should we now? Continue to lie, and in spite of the, the, the training and the working of the Holy Spirit, you are defiant at lying. Ah, such a person is going to hell. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 You know, so sin is not strong enough. No, 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 no. no. You are in Romans 8. What is it that can separate us? Not life, not death, not height. Not death, not things present, not things to come. Nothing that separates us from the love of God is in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. go on and learn this. But thank you for asking, Joy. Thank you, sir. Thank so, you. which would bring me to my um, um, final talk that I want to share, and that is based on, you know, it talked about something I shared at the beginning of this teaching. I mean, when she was sharing it, I was just getting fired up. I wanted to just start jumping, you know, <laughs> because because it is the reality of God's word. And that is this. She said, what you think about yourself doesn't change who you are. What you think about yourself, you know, Pastor Nola said that, you know, does not change who you are. The fact that the lion thinks is a chicken, doesn't make it a chicken. Yeah. It doesn't make it a chicken. The fact that the devil has lied and said, oh, the chicken, oh, you're this, oh, you're that, raises points of condemnation, voice of accusation. People are pointing fingers at you. Oh, joy, you're this. Oh, brokers, you're that. Oh, God. It, it, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change anything. Where you are is wired into your DNA in God. Yeah. So, the lion, if you believe that lie, can actually start behaving like a chicken. So the lion can think, but guess what? 
it doesn't still make it a chicken. At all. At best, it makes it a clown. <laughs> at, at best, at best, it makes the lion a clown. Because when you look at that lion, maybe like a chicken, it looks like a clown. Like, hey, hey, this, this guy. But the lion, the man's lion, even regardless of what the lion thinks about it itself. So many of us will be so the lie. Oh, you are this, you think you are not worthy, you think you are not good enough, you think you can never be good enough. It's a lie. It doesn't change the fact that you are good enough. Mm. Yes, yeah. you are in God. You are. Yes, you are capable. Yes, in God, you are. Yes, you fulfill your destiny. Yes, you will. It doesn't change anything. So, ah, is that time to unpack? So, how does the lion move from this place to that place? Okay, let me just share. Let me share very quickly. Hopefully, we will have time to unpack it at some other time. So, the lion can believe a lie and begin to behave like a chicken, right? But what changes the lion to begin to behave like a lion is modeling. A baby lion dominates a lion until he sees daddy lion, tell it the lion, and shoot what the lion is. If the baby lion grows up with pussycats, <laughs> the baby lion will begin to behave like pussycats, wanting to be cuddled, wanting to be robbed. But the baby lion begins to see, these are my kind. I begin to associate with lions. The lion in it will come out. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So who are you working with? Who are you working with? Who's your father? Who's your father? Who's telling you? I'm not, I'm not talking about biological father. Who's telling you this is who you are? I'm happy to be your puppy. <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, and that is who God has created us to be. Over to you, Pastor Nina. I'm sorry I took some of your time. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. It has been such an awesome time. I've been so blessed, I believe. Joy, greatness, we've been blessed, everybody. Yes, yes, Thank you. Okay, so the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. The Lord face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Amen. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Yes. Every single day of your life, and so shall it be. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 We'd like to close our services by reminding us that this is the year yes. of light. Light. And light shines brightest when it's darkest. When it is darkest. So look to the light. Not to the darkness. God bless you. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Oh.